Hey, I'm Jack. And I'm Maddie. And this is Getting There with Jack and Maddie. This is a podcast about the journey we're on. Maddie and I are in our mid-20s and working at Grace International School in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We're just a few steps ahead of the high schoolers we work with, and we want to share about our life experiences up to this point. We're not pretending to have all the answers, and we're definitely still figuring things out as we discover what it looks like to follow Jesus with our whole lives. You could say we're getting there. Um, for all of you listeners, we are back in the office, which is just super fun to get to record while students are... better than ever. Oh, I'm really tempted to sing Backstreet's Back, but I think we might have, uh, I don't know, copyright stuff. You always tell me we have those, though. Anyway, um, just to kick us off, Jack, I've just been wondering... I feel like in that big old head of yours, you've got to have some ideas rumbling around. This, Do you want to just share with us something that you're thinking about these days? This massive melon on my shoulders. <laughs> you've got at least a size large head of just... <laughs> um, yeah, I have been thinking so much about Lord of the Rings mm. over the last few weeks. Um, call me a nerd. Um, nerd. Okay, no, I was asking you to call me a nerd. Um I got to read The Hobbit again a few weeks ago, and then I've started making my way back through the Lord of the Rings books. I've learned mm. it's improper to call them a trilogy. Why? I, in the preface, it says, don't call us a trilogy. We're part one, part two, and part three of one book, hmm. but it would be a massive book. Um, if, that feels particular. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read them, you should. It's beautiful literature and uh, just a wonderful story this is my second time reading them and the characters are just amazing um mm. shout out to tom bombadil and mm. sorry that peter jackson cut you out of the movies r.i.p wow. so that's what's really going on harsh word against peter jackson <laughs> that is what is going on in this melon on my shoulders oh well thanks for including us jack what are we talking about today <laughs> very quick transition we are going to be talking <laughs> About scripture. This is what we get when I'm in charge of transitions. <laughs> it's to the point. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about another book that is really good, aka the Bible. Oh, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, in this series on spiritual habits, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, we're going to talk about reading the Bible. What? And before you turn this off and think, I know all there is to know. I've heard this song and dance before. Um, try to tell me something I don't know. Um, We'd like to take that challenge. Yeah. We'd like to try to tell you something you don't know. Um, we thought, or we understand that lots of people know as like a baseline practice that reading scripture is something that Christians ought to do. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory, especially in an era where uh, literacy rates are so high. Um, actually, that hasn't always been the case where the Bible mm. was just expected that you would read it by yourself. Mm, um, actually, we're in a part of history where um, that's pretty new in the grand scheme of the church. Um, but we just wanted to take some time with this episode uh, to share from me and Maddie's point of view uh, why and how we've come to a place of how we see Scripture as a really important part of our lives 
um, and just even casting a beautiful vision for you who might be listening of why we read scripture. Mm. Um, It's not just a, oh, I have to do this because everyone tells me I have to, um, but why is it a good thing for us to read and soak um, up and meditate on? And so that's kind of more the direction we want to go today. Yeah. Yeah. And We're so, going to maybe start with a little bit of a, a humorous look. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, I would love to. Okay. About two years ago, I was doing a study on judges, and it was a book that I'd never willingly spent a lot of time in. And so it was a, a new experience for me. And I was three chapters in when I stumbled upon this story that I can only describe as hilarious. Um and I'm not going to read it, but it's Judges 3 and about like verse four, 15 through 25, if you want to read it on your own time uh, for a good chuckle. But I feel like even just to kind of, before I go into it, expand on what Jack was saying of through scripture, I think we get to understand a little bit of the richness of humanity and the way that we get to engage with God in that space. Um, specifically humor. I feel like we don't often talk about the the sense of humor of God, mm-hmm. but I think that we get glimpses of it in stories like this. Um, and essentially, this guy named Ehud is going to the king of Moab named Eglon, um, and he is Ehud is hiding a sword in his outfit, goes to meet this king, In scripture, it talks about how this king was very fat. (laughs) He was a very fat man. Chunky boy. (laughs) Yeah. And then he like gives him this tribute gift. And then he reaches under his little outfit and pulls out his sword that was described with detail and plunges it into this very fat king. And the whole sword is swallowed up by the king's belly, including the the part where you hold it. The hilt. The hilt. And I just, what, the detail of that? And then it goes on and it says that um, the servants were like waiting to be let in and they were like, oh, the door's locked. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. We'll let him have his time. And then it says they waited to the point of embarrassment. Like I just, it just, the whole thing to me is just kind of ridiculous and funny. And um, it makes me laugh every time I read it. And I just, I find that that is something that, People didn't really tell me when I was growing yeah. up about scripture of like, there's some really funny stuff in there. There's some weird things. Some weird things. Why was this detail <laughs> included? I think one of my favorite ones that's like kind of the record scratches, like you're reading it, you're like, yeah, this is good. And then record scratches, you're like, whoa, why is... Wait, uh, just for the listeners, could you maybe make a sound of what you think of record scratching? <laughs> Okay. Whoa, why is that in here? Scritch, scritch it. <laughs> um, one of my favorites is in Mark's gospel where Jesus is arrested in the garden. And there's a curious little detail that Mark includes in Mark 14, 51 through 52, okay. where Jesus gets arrested. And then it says, a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. <laughs> so it's this crazy, like, suspenseful moment where Jesus is, like, you know, bombarded in the middle of the night by this, you know, like, 
prison police crew. And then it just has this random detail like, oh, yeah, by the way, there was a guy that was following <laughs> Jesus. And they, like, tried to grab him and tore his clothes away. And he ran off naked. And, and he just left his, he left his clothes behind. Yeah. And I think one of the things, even though these stories are funny, that to me it shows is that the Bible was written by real people mm-hmm. that, you know, similar to how Jesus, we, you know, celebrate and love and worship the fact that Jesus was fully God and he stepped into humanity and through that was fully human. Um, we also acknowledge that the Bible is from God. It's divine. It's his word. Um, but he also chose to use humans to write it. And I think that humanity is left behind or is intact in some of these places, um, which, you know, we can connect. We've all seen, especially if you're from America, we've all seen very large people that, you know, we would never want to put a sword in them. But if we did, it would probably (laughs) also disappear. (laughs) We would not. We would probably not want to put a sword in them. We do not condone violence of any kind. (laughs) No swords, no fists, nada. (laughs) I don't know what to do next. That really surprised me. Um, So, Maddie, as you maybe think about your journey so far, what have been some of those moments or just general insights about Scripture that have captivated your heart and reminded you that this is a good thing to spend time with and not out of duty, even though sometimes we do um, have to choose it. It's not amazing all the time to sit down and read, but what have been those moments for you where you're like, man, this is good? I think it was maybe my sophomore year of college. So I'd been walking with God for about a year, but really like still understanding what that actually meant in practical ways. Um, and I ran across this scripture. I think it's, I don't remember what Psalm it's in, but where it talks about the word, the law of the Lord being sweeter than honey. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of paused for a second because also in my mind, because of the flavors of things that we have at our disposal, honey isn't always the sweetest thing, but Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like, okay, in this context, honey was probably the sweetest thing that the writer had ever tasted. And he's saying that the word, the law of the Lord is sweeter. It's better than that. And I just kind of started like letting myself think of it that way. Like in the morning I get a sweet, I get a treat. (laughs) Um, And just even when I changed my mind towards it, the, the beauty and the yeah, just the depth that I was able to experience with Jesus. And also like reading the word, like you said, in my own language for myself Mm -hmm. became this like privilege and this excitement. And that doesn't always exist, like we were just saying. But I think in those moments of when I was first reading it, when I was first learning about who God is and who, what he says in his word, I was just, yeah, I was captivated. And a story that I think never fails to bring me back to that place of captivation is John 21, Mm -hmm. really the whole chapter. But 
um, specifically just the parts where it's talking about Jesus, like inviting his friends to come and eat breakfast with him. Mm-hmm. And he is cooking fish on the shore, which I'm like, bummer that their breakfast was fish. <laughs> if, I'd be like so excited to eat breakfast with Jesus. But the fact that it's fish. Yeah, we, we'll just, in my mind, I'll Some change Some biscuits and gravy. Yeah, mm, that's what I want to eat with Jesus for sure. Um, but they're just sitting on the coast eating breakfast with Jesus. They're so excited to be with him. They jump out of the boat to see him. There's so much like comfort to be found in his presence. And the writer, John, he finishes the book by saying that all of the things that he'd just written, all of these stories of Jesus, if there was so there's so many more, and mm-hmm. if they had all been written down, the whole world wouldn't have enough mm-hmm. room for all the books. And just even the I think the human response to the divinity of Jesus in yeah. those lines that's revealed and it just really makes my heart and my mind just kind of daydream about like how good Jesus is. And yeah, that's a space of, of wonder, of delight, yeah. of sweetness, like the honey. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, one verse sticks out to me that talks about, you know, scripture and, or not scripture per se, but just kind of what our postures followers of Jesus should be. And that's Romans twelve two, where Paul says, Uh, encourages us to no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I think when I heard that verse placed in the context of the world around us is constantly bombarding us with narratives and, you know, explanations of who we are, how our value comes, and what the good life is, all of those things, and that our time in Scripture— Um, And time with Jesus just as a whole is an opportunity to have our brains transformed, Mm -hmm. our minds, our hearts, and our souls at the deepest level transformed by his truth. And scripture specifically, I think, um, shows a few things very clearly about who God is Mm -hmm. and who we are to him. And I think those have been the biggest places where I've received so much um, transformation from scripture is sitting on who does God say I am? Hmm. God says that I am forgiven. He says that um, I am a co-heir with Christ Hmm. that's currently seated with him in the heavenly realms. Like that's mind-blowing. He says that I am a son who has the right to approach him in the most intimate way, calling him daddy, Hmm. Abba. And so I think as I've sat on some of those truths, which are explained in scripture, that for me has been fuel for why I spend more time with it. Mm, Um, And even another just fun one was in college, I went to the University of Arkansas, which is not a Christian school. And I took a class called the Bible as Literature as Mm -hmm. a part of my Jewish studies minor. And it was such a fun class because my professor before, um, on the first day, she did a great job teaching the class. Um, But she kind of said to our class, you know, there's lots of different ways you can read the Bible. You know, some people see it as a religious text. Some people don't, you know, she's like, we're not going to read it from that vantage point. We're going to read it as one of the greatest pieces of literature that humanity has ever written. Mm. And I think even when it was posed in that light, um, it's beautiful. The Psalms, the poetry, the like heart-wrenching, you know, just cries for God, where are you in the Mm -hmm. midst of my pain and my grief to the swelling of 
man, God, everything is amazing, and I am rejoicing in the goodness of life. Like, it covers the spectrum of the human condition. Yeah. And I think that's just beautiful because I find so much of myself in what is an ancient text, Mm -hmm. which is just crazy when we think about it. Yeah. And what you're saying is, like, how alive Scripture is. The Word is living and active. And even just when you're talking about Lord of the Rings earlier, the... You've read it before, but you're getting so much delight out of right. reading it again because earlier you were saying there's details and things that you had missed the first time or whatever. And I've experienced that a lot with scripture of now seven and a half years into walking with Jesus. I've read all of the Bible at least once. So I've like heard right. these things. Sometimes when I'm in scripture, I just am really blown away by it. I've read this before, but for right. some reason, this is completely just like shattering my brain right now because I can't believe that this is in here, that it is it's meeting me in this right. specific way. Um, yeah, just it really blows my mind that it is this very beautifully written piece of literature that is active and it changes right. and it hits me in different ways, like my favorite book. Yeah. And so I I think I want to encourage those who are listening because of my own upbringing with a lot of familiarity with the Bible, having grown up, you know, Christian home, church, Christian private school, um, that the purpose of engaging with Scripture is that we would know God better, that we would love Him more, and that we would love other people more. Mm. Like through the pages of Scripture, we get to learn who God is and we get to learn about humanity. And that should open us up to love God and love other people better. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we've said, that is the end goal, I think, of the Christian life and the end goal of these spiritual habits that we're focusing on is they are means to an end that we would love God and love other people more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I encourage you, if scripture has been something really difficult for you to engage with, or if you were like me for so many years, I was good and diligent about reading my Bible every morning because I thought, you know, I had to show like a cosmic checklist at the Mm -hmm. end of my life that I was good. Um, If that's your motivation, I would even just encourage you that you would just spend some time praying to God and just saying, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to grow in my ability to love you and love other people. Would you help me do that through your word? And so to that end, we know that many of you have a lot of access to Bible reading resources. And so we wanted to spend this episode just kind of giving a compelling reason for why Maddie and I read the Bible. Um, But we do want to make available that on our Spiritual Life uh, website that I'll have linked in the episode description, we do have some resources if you just have no idea where to turn to um, to start reading your Bible. We have some resources there, um, but we also know resources are pretty accessible. Um, and so that's why we spent most of this time, not so much talking about the how, but the why. Yeah. And yeah, just the invitation of depth in relationship that is found in these pages. And yeah, we all, we acknowledge that sometimes it really does feel like this thing that you have to do. And we're hoping that these words of levity and beauty are compelling um, as you think about what it might look like for you to read your Bible. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode in our Spiritual Habits series, and we hope you have an awesome weekend or 
whatever day it is. Mm, ciao, Bella. <laughs>